and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 54. I'm Pam, and with me as always is Riley. Hello. Hello, Riley. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, this episode is just the two of us, uh, so we'll be talking about what we've been up to and taking some listener questions. Uh, did you want to start off? Yeah, sure. Um, so last weekend i went to see pacific rim uprising oh nice (laughs) um it was actually really cool yeah (laughs) i kind of wasn't sure uh like what it would be like because the first one is just so like so good Mm -hmm. um so this one was like kind of set after the big threat happens and they uh, there's, like, a corporation that's looking to um, put, like, drones in every Jaeger so they don't have to use people to do it anymore. Oh. Um, and uh, John Boyega's character, like, at the beginning, it's just, like, showing scenes of, like, how the world has adapted, basically. Like, all of the areas that were destroyed by the kaiju, like, people kind of squat there and, like trade for items and stuff like that so it's really funny like watching him trade like a two four of like cool whip canisters for like something (laughs) else like it was really cool i like but they only spent like maybe i don't know 10 minutes on on like that whole like what that the world is kind of like outside of um all of the cool stuff that we get to see so i kind of wish we got to see a little bit more of that Mm -hmm. um because, like, just, like, how the regular people get by is, like, super interesting to me. Because all we see is, like, the big Jaegers and the kaiju and, like, all of the big drama and stuff. We don't see how everybody else kind of handles things. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, then, like, the plot basically goes along and there's uh, another attack um, that is kind of under really interesting circumstances that I can't say because it'll super spoil it. (laughs) Um, And uh, there's, like, a team of, like, five, four or five Jaegers that, like, teams up, and there's, like, so cool. They have, like, all different abilities, and, like, one of them has this, like, big, like, spiky chain hand that it flings at people, and the other one has, like, two swords, and it's really fast and, like, can flip around and Oh, wow. <laughs> like, zoom and do stuff. And then, like, there's the Gypsy Danger's, like, successor, I guess, uh, that John Boyega captains or pilots with uh, one of his, like, friends from training camp or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And, like, the kaiju were really cool. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the characters are really cool. I kind of want to know what happened to, like, Charlie Hunnam's character. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask because I didn't see him in the He's not in the in cast. Yeah. He's nope. not in Okay. No. <laughs> I don't and, know what happened to him. And John Boyega is Idris Elba's son? Son, yeah. Okay. Is the the girl from it in it? Uh, the, from the first yes, one? Yes, briefly. Uh, oh. And she gets super fridged, so... Oh, no. That is <laughs> one of the worst parts, <laughs> oh. in my opinion, because it's so stupid. She's in it for, like, I don't know, 
less time than she should be uh, hmm. for sure and then she just gets fridged so oh that yeah. sucks uh, there's another cool lady that's in it, and she's the one that runs the corporation. Uh-huh. Um, and she's really cool. Like, I don't actually know the actress's name, um, but she was really neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, overall, I thought it was cool. I definitely want to go see it again, um, which I wouldn't have thought that I would say before going to see it, but after, like, thinking about it and seeing all the cool kaiju battles and stuff, I, yeah, I want to see it again. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I followed up my watching from a couple weeks ago of John Wick with John Wick 2. Mm. Uh, got the uh, Blu-ray and it was really, really good. I think I liked it even a little bit more than the first one. Uh, first of all, in this one, no dogs die, uh, which is plus. nice <laughs> because he does have a dog in this one as oh, well, no. but it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in this one, he, you know, he thinks he's out of this like assassin league or whatever it is. Uh, but someone comes and calls on a favor that he owes them and wants john wick to assassinate uh, a sort of like one of the uh controlling members of this group because he wants uh, her seat and so john wick has to assassinate this person and the beginning of it they go to rome i think which first of all is just beautiful mm. and it is almost like a heist movie like the first third or so of it where it happens in Rome like you see him like getting himself all equipped like getting guns and knives and like uh, a s- new suit with like bulletproof material <laughs> like sewn into the lining and stuff uh, and it's just like this really good sort of montage of him getting all of this equipment and there's good music and everything in it uh, and then once it gets past that part it sort of goes more how the first movie was with just like a lot of action and a lot of shooting people. So uh, it was really good, though. It had, um, uh, what's her name? Amber Rose? Not Amber Rose. Ruby Rose. Um, oh. uh, she was like sort of someone who was working against him. And it was it was cool. You got to learn a little bit more about this group that they're a part of and all the rules of it and everything. So cool. it was neat. And apparently they're making a John Wick 3. And so I'm hoping that in John Wick 3, his dog gets to, like, kill some people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What else have you been doing? Um, Not a lot else. Uh, The other thing that I've been keeping up with is... um, so the uh, K-pop group that I like, um, BTS, mm-hmm. they um, partnered with YouTube um, to release a like a documentary series um, oh. about their last tour that they did, their last world tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first four episodes are out, and it releases like weekly. Um, and they're doing it on YouTube Red, so for 
Some people, I think they get like a trial, but in Canada, I have to pay for every episode separately. Oh. <laughs> it's not very much. It's like two fifty an episode, so it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first episode is free, and then the rest are all uh, behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really interesting so far. Like, they do they do a lot of um, like reality tv type shows like they do um a lot of like personal streams and stuff like that but this is um really interesting because they like at first it kind of sets them up uh as like talking to the people who are going to be filming everything Mm -hmm. and they're saying like you know we we want the fans to kind of see like what goes on behind the scenes Um, because all they see, you know, like through, uh, music videos and like stuff that we post on Twitter is like basically, you know, what we want them to see. So this, they're hoping that this would give fans like an extra dimension kind of to see them through. Um, and it's definitely, so far it's like really, um, I think revealing, uh, for like the group dynamic that they have. Um, like in, in one episode, um, there's like this disagreement about, uh, like some of the choreography and Mm -hmm. one of the younger members is mentioning it to the oldest member of the group and the way, um, at least the way that I understand it, the way that the age hierarchy works, um, that kind of like made the older member uh like really upset and kind of angry that he was called out by a younger member Uh um so there was this whole thing where um the older guy was kind of like well my pride was really hurt like you you might have been right but at the same time like that kind of hurt me to hear you say that when I'm already trying my best and like blah 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 and there's this huge like they like, all seven of them get together as a group and talk it over, um, and, like, they get, like, really upset. Like, the younger one that was saying this stuff to the older member, uh, ends up, like, in tears at one point. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, do that, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's, like, that's the sort of thing that we, like, as fans, like, you would never, ever see. Yeah. Um, like, the disagreements and stuff like that, because they only show them, like, getting along with each other, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh like that kind of stuff and you see how they resolve arguments and then you get to see like kind of the like interesting stuff where like they basically live out of hotels for I don't know nine months out of the year when they're doing this tour Mm -hmm. so they bring like some of them as they're setting up there was like this montage of four of them setting up their hotel rooms and like each one brings out like speakers and one of those Frick, I can't remember what they're called, but, like, the boards that, like, produce the sound and you hit the buttons and they, like, loop them. I don't remember what they're called, like, a MIDI board or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they bring that out. They bring out their computer. They bring out, like, one of them has a keyboard that plugs in, like, to a USB, like, so that they can keep <laughs> working, like, while they're, um, while they're in the hotels and, like... <laughs> The youngest one brings out a computer, but it's, like, an MSI gaming computer, and he logs in and starts <laughs> playing Overwatch. <laughs> um, so, like, it's it's been really neat to kind of see, um, like, another side of the group, uh, and I've been really enjoying watching it, and they're, like, half an hour episodes, so it's, they're pretty long, um, 
which is nice and yeah and like i've i've watched um the first concert that they did in seoul the i have like the dvds for it and then i watched the final concert that they did in seoul um and so it's like seeing kind of what happened or what happens like behind the scenes to make a concert like that happen is just like it's been really cool and like probably one of the cooler like behind the scene things that i've seen in a long time so i've been really enjoying it oh that sounds really good yeah i like hearing about how they sort of work through issues and things first of all it's nice that they like share their feelings yeah. with each other <laughs> uh and also especially with groups like that where you know in public they're also like even like right down to choreography and stuff they're always like in sync and sort of like moving as one unit and yeah. so hearing about how they handle disagreements and stuff is kind of cool yeah yeah it's been really really cool awesome um, so I finished reading Authority, which is the second book of the Southern Reach trilogy right, that right. I mentioned a little bit on the last episode, and I didn't really like it. Oh. It, um, it's very strange. So, you know, where the first book is so, like, there's all this cool thing stuff happening, and it's very sort of abstract, and it's, you know, most of it is taking place inside area x uh this is all taking place at the southern reach so like in the facility where they study area x from and where they send out the expeditions and it started okay like it starts um a guy comes in and he's sort of like the new or a replacement for the director who had gone into the southern reach and into the area x in the first book mm -hmm. and uh, there's like this power struggle between him and the woman who's currently serving as the director and they're just sort of like butting heads the whole time and it starts out pretty well and the end is pretty cool but like the whole middle section is just very dull uh, I felt like so much of it sh could have been cut out like the one sort of continuance from the first uh from the first book is that there's just this whole thing of distru distrust like no one trusts anyone else they go back with to like the hypnotism stuff uh, is brought back in the second book and mm. just like no one trusts anyone the guy's wondering if he's being hypnotized because there's things he doesn't remember and all the people are acting really weird so there's like this real sense of paranoia through the whole book but it's just yeah, the middle was just very, like, it got into the real, like, bureaucracy of how this place is being run. And it's just like, ugh, like, can we go back to the cool animals and, like... <laughs> yeah, the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the third book does go back into Area X, so I'll probably read that still. But I was kind of disappointed with how, with how this one went. Mm. So what a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer, especially after the movie, because the movie was so good. And then this is just like eh, not <laughs> not good. Yeah. And, and even when they talked about what happened in Area X, like there was a, a video that had somehow made its way out that the guy was watching. And I, I don't know, it was written so abstractly that I couldn't even 
really get a grasp of what was happening. Mm. So I don't know. So yeah, that kind of was disappointing. But I'll probably give myself a few other books in between reading the next one. I think I need a little break from this now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else for you? Um. Well, I have been... I played some Overwatch uh, because the new uh, like archives event mm-hmm. is on. Um, and this event, so last year's was Uprising uh which took place on king's row and had like reinhardt mercy torbjorn and tracer Mm -hmm. um and this one is retribution and it has moira reaper mccree and genji um as the four uh and i like was kind of worried because i was like how are we gonna do this thing with the tank if it's anything like the or without a tank if it's anything Mm -hmm. like last year um but it's actually, like, way better. <laughs> um, the Retribution event is so cool. Uh, it, like, it feels much more, like, f- fluid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and, like, tried to do Uprising again just to see, like, for, like, for loot boxes and stuff. And Uprising freaking sucks now. Oh, it's available too? Yeah. You have oh, to go okay. into um, the arcade mode, I think, and pick oh, it from, from in there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's so slow compared to <laughs> Retribution where you're constantly moving forward. Um, and um, the character interactions in Retribution are really good too. Uh, mm-hmm. Like at one point... Um, I think they're like random lines that they say, but like at one point McCree mentions something about like, um, gosh, how he like wanted to stay longer or something. And then Reaper says like, you got fired from your job, like your undercover job as a waiter. And he's like, yo, well, the lady was being rude or whatever. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's just, like, like funny things like that. And, like, I don't think I've heard Genji say very much. Um, but, like, Moira will chime in and um, Reaper and McCree will say uh, lines every once in a while. And, like, it's... The, the event is actually, like, really fun. Like, fun enough that you can run it over and over again and not, like, get super bored. Which is really cool. Um, I haven't tried it on anything harder than hard i think (laughs) i did i tried it once i did it on normal and i played reaper Mm. and i didn't have fun oh no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like i really liked all the voice lines and everything maybe it was just because i was playing reaper because yeah i I don't like him he's he's kind of dull especially like against um like robot ai enemies it's just like i just and on normal too, so I just like run up and shoot people in the face, and mm. like I never had to use my um my shift or anything like that. So oh. it was just <laughs> it seems a little bit uh not 
as good. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like the character selection. I mean, I understand for story purposes why it's that group. But, like, when I got to the screen, it was like, okay, well, I play Moira literally all the time. <laughs> so I don't want to play her. But then I was like, Genji McCree Reaper. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Aren't that great. Yeah. You can do it with other characters, can't Is there a mode yeah. for that? Yeah. yeah. Do they still on... talk to each other? No, no, they don't. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I did it on Zarya, hmm. on Hard, I think, and I've, I've done it on Arisa and... Uh, I don't know if I've tried... Like, I feel like the other characters that I've tried it on it just didn't end up working out. Oh, Lucio I did it on, too. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, the tanks are are really fun to bring in there like the zarya she only works really well on i would say anything above normal because they don't do enough damage to give Uh, you energy like at normal mode so it's really difficult to actually like kill anything with her but then as soon as you get into hard mode like bubbling somebody that's getting the sniper on them or uh like bubbling yourself when there's a bunch of enemies out um is really good and like Having a junk rat in your group is really good too for the assassins because you can just group up behind the trap and they'll run straight into the trap. Ah. Which is really funny. Because <laughs> they kind of just like stand there. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's really good. And I like, um, I've seen on like harder modes, they just add like a second special um, character. So like there will be like two heavies instead of one heavy or like two snipers instead of just one sniper which okay sounds awful um <laughs> but um it's really it's pretty fun and i've i've been enjoying doing it for like loot boxes and stuff because it's easy to get wins in arcade mm-hmm. mode for that so it's just like i don't know like a 10 15 minute run and you have a guaranteed loot box instead of jumping into mystery heroes and hoping you get a win Hope, yeah <laughs> But. Yeah, yeah. I should try it again with other characters or on harder mm-hmm. difficulties. Yeah, like I, I could probably like if play, play McCree and like practice my aim or try to figure out what the hell Genji's supposed Genji, to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas with Reaper, I was like, I am learning. I feel like like I was learning bad habits <laughs> because of how easy it was. It was yeah. <laughs> so it was like making me a worse reaper not that i ever play reaper anyway no. but <laughs> yeah the it's interesting and like it's a good i think a good learning place for genji because some of the characters like the the enemies get so low that you can like dash through them and you instantly have like a dash reset and then you can just dash through someone mm. else and dash through someone else so as soon as they're all like super low you just go in there and just hit them all with your sword yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so I played Overwatch 2. I've been playing competitive and it's been going poorly. So oh, no. I don't I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so I got this game for PSVR. It's called The Invisible Hours. And it's a murder mystery Ooh. kind of game where it takes place um I'm not sure what year it is, but it takes place. It has all these real uh, characters from it. It starts out and Nikola Tesla has been murdered. (laughs) Uh, So you, the first character you see is a detective. And so he finds out that 
he just like he's just walked into the house, finds Tesla murdered, and he's like, "Okay, shut all the doors. I'm gonna investigate this, find out what happened." And so there's other characters there. There's Thomas Edison, who is like a competitor mm-hmm. of Tesla's. There's Sarah Bernhardt, the actor, and she has a secret past. And there's a couple other ones that I'm not so familiar with from history, but everyone sort of has a reason that they'd want tesla dead so uh the game sort of takes place in real time and you can choose which character you want to follow or you can um like just move around the the house as you want to but like everything sort of will happen so there'll be multiple conversations happening at once so you can go watch one but then you can rewind time and go watch another one so it's cool because If you were to just play sort of like the timeline once, you would not see as much of the story. So I've I've only finished the first of, I think, four chapters and I've watched like every single scene and conversation there is to see. And I've been scouring the house looking for notes that you see like Mm -hmm. to and from Tesla. And I've got a a theory already on who the murderer is. So I'm excited to find out if I'm right. Uh, It's really cool. At first I was a little unsure of it because it, a lot of VR games don't use normal movement. Like you can't just walk freely through a house. You use like a tele, a teleport thing. So you have to say like where you want to go and then you go to that spot. Uh, But being able to follow characters sort of makes it so you don't have to worry so much about that uh my only problem is that the vr headset is still really heavy and <laughs> like i i played for probably two hours and by the end of it i was like okay this is this is weighing on me now oh, and yeah. i also find that like everything always seems just out of focus like the resolution is not like as good as if you were just playing a non-VR game. So that's part of the problem. But I also feel like you can adjust the headset and I always feel like I have to physically hold it in the right place. Like I can't get it to just stay in the right place where it's in focus for me. So uh, I still am not overly impressed with the VR technology, but Mm. I, I find this game is pretty cool. Like I like the more sort of experiences where you're just looking around and exploring rather than like the real sort of gamey ones yeah. the headset looks huge on you too yeah, <laughs> i saw I the picture you put on twitter <laughs> it's like as big as your head to begin yeah. with <laughs> yeah it's really big <laughs> it was probably also because i had like the phone pretty close to to me to take that picture but yeah <laughs> I mean, still. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the only place I saw the VR stuff when we went to EGLX, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they had a VR thing there for the new like, par- uh, like Paranormal Activity game, I guess. Oh. Um. That sounds scary. Yeah. I, I saw the booth and I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> but, like, that's where I've seen it get used a lot is with, like, spooky games, like horror games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the Until Dawn mm-hmm. Rush of Blood. That's right, yeah. 
Yeah, I played that one a little, and it does it in a cool way because you're basically in a on a like a roller coaster cart. Uh, yeah, like going, a mine cart, right? yeah, 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 going through. So it's nice. It's a nice way to make it so you don't have to do that awkward movement and you can just look around freely. But it is scary as shit. <laughs> like I didn't even, I didn't even finish it. It's not oh. a super long game, but I was just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> uh, we played it. Uh, Miles and Catherine are over a while ago and Miles was playing it and we got to watch him and I've watched Will play it before and like hearing him like, hearing him scream <laughs> <laughs> and take off the helmet and it's like <laughs> That's so, so good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's super, super scary. I'm not sure. I even feel kind of scared on games that aren't scary, like I started playing mm. Invisible Hours, and I was like, "Uh oh, what if what if there's a jump scare? What if something scary happens to me?" Like even I was like watching someone, and they walked to me, and they walked like right through <laughs> me. Basically, I was like, "Ah, <laughs> don't! It's scary." <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else have you been up to? Uh, more Overwatch stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. Because the Overwatch League is still going. Um, still 30, 20, 16 games a week. <laughs> a lot of games a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many. Um, but the good news is, is that we're in the second last stage. So there's, what, three more weeks of this stage left and then five more weeks of the next stage and then playoffs. <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> so it'll be over in four months. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> still a ways away. Um, this week has been particularly exciting, um, especially if you have watched any of Shanghai's games. Um, maybe not the first one that they had on Wednesday, but the the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um they so the the thing with Shanghai is um first of all they brought in four new players this stage so that's four new people with like just thinking without the language barrier without um you know any of the extra caveats that they have to overcome they have four new people to integrate on the team mm-hmm. second of all their healers the two healers or like three healers that they usually run with all speak Chinese. Mm. The new players that they brought in are all Korean. Yeah. Their tang line is Korean. Most of their DPS is Korean. And their two healers are Chinese. So right there, there's a, you know, a really tough problem to overcome that your back line is speaking Chinese and your front line is speaking Korean. Um, and I've read a couple articles, like, from the coaches and stuff who say that they're encouraging them to use Chinese, which I find really interesting because they, like, I think you could use English as a bridging language rather than having people learn a whole, like, learn another language because some of, they already know, like, some of the English callouts, like, both sides do. Mm-hmm. But I guess they want... You know, it's the Shanghai Dragons, so they want them to be 
a Chinese speaking team, maybe. I'm not really sure what the reasoning behind that is, but whatever, it's, you know. Um, and the match yesterday um, kind of shows how far the team has come from what they started out as. Uh, they came super close, uh, like almost every single map was like one map point away from a win. Um, like the first match on Anubis, I think they could easily have tied uh, were it not for a few um, like mistakes from, I think Fearless in particular is really bad at just like jumping in when yeah. he shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I don't know if that is, like, a communication thing between him and his supports or between him and Gregory, but, like, damn. <laughs> he dies so much. Yeah. Um, and the second map, they actually won uh, the Numbani map, um, four to three, which, again, it was super close. And then they lost Ilios, where San Francisco made a pretty convincing uh victory there um i don't think ilios is shanghai's strongest map um overall and then um junkertown san francisco won three to two um but again that that map was really close like i think it could have swung either way really i almost expected a game five and was surprised when we didn't get it but yeah, me too. I was so sad when at the end of Junkertown because I really thought Shanghai was going to pull it off. Yeah. After like that really strong start they had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so good. It's just like it's it's funny because you can almost see like exactly what the problems are. Like you can see that maybe the supports are not positioning themselves properly. You can mm -hmm. see fearless <laughs> fucking jumping in and like feeding basically um they also did the they took them a while to swap their comp yes fearless was on roadhog for way yeah. too long um and then like every time he used his ultimate on roadhog he got shut down immediately so i don't know why he didn't like swap the very first time he got shut down mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah i think yeah the swaps need to be faster um like, if you, so, I mean, like, I've, I've been a fan of, of Gregory for a while, um, and, like, actually getting to see her play, and watching the level at which she plays, like, mm -hmm. she's incredible. Yeah. She, like, she turns basically on a dime, like, there were a couple times where I watched where she was flying away, and then she did, like, an instant 180 to, like, turn around a defense matrix something to mm -hmm. protect, like, a healer. She's she was like, eating alts. And... Yeah, she's like all over the place. Like she's just amazing. So like if you, I would say if you missed this week and you had to watch one match, I would say watch the San Francisco versus Shanghai just so you can see how much Shanghai has improved and also so you can watch <laughs> Gigori play because she's just so good. Yeah. Ah, I like, I wish, I almost wish that she would get picked up by another team a better I don't team. <laughs> know, yeah, but I don't know, like, what team would be, you know, what team needs an off-tank, because they all yeah. have good off-tanks now, and, like, or I want 
her to get an off tank that will actually t- like go with her because for like the majority of the matches it seemed like fearless was just kind of like off on his own so mm-hmm. like buddy it's not quick play <laughs> it's not yeah. like solo queue you can't carry you have to like i don't know i just i just yeah. want to know like what he was doing <laughs> I, I know I felt that both because I watched the Wednesday one and yesterday's and yeah. both times like Wednesday was probably even worse mm-hmm. with Fearless just like diving in and just dying. It's like, what are what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, like a Zenyatta orb is not going to <laughs> keep you up through that and Mercy can't get to you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a problem. And then uh, like on Wednesday, both of their supports were just dead yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, yesterday the mercy is that <laughs> five, uh, king, yeah. five king five king was doing better i thought yeah but who's the other one uh free the feel. zen, the zen. Free feel yeah. was generally dead most of the time yeah I think so yeah they i don't know if it's there at a position <laughs> or if they're not being protected enough yeah but yeah i think that the I, I mean it's probably a combination since um fearless keeps diving in which i know (laughs) is what one of the things he's supposed to do as winston but he also needs to be looking after his healers a little bit more so and i was really happy to hear in the commentary yesterday that they actually talked about gaguri a little more because they barely said anything about her on wednesday either during the actual match or during the halftime or anything yeah so i was happy to yeah, they barely, like, they mentioned her to, like, segue to another player's play. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no. Like, she <laughs> she did so good. She deserves to be talked about a little more than that. And I found, like, this match, you actually heard them, like, saying her name and making comments on particular plays that she did. So I don't know if maybe they, like, got some direction about, like, how to talk about her because I think part of the issue is that these dudes don't know how to talk about her like they don't know Mm -hmm. how to talk about a woman player in the league so yeah i'm hoping (laughs) that they got someone to talk to uh because they were much better about it today like you don't have to talk about how she's the first woman in the league just comment on her play like Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to do that you can just comment on how good she is because she's freaking good yeah I mean that match. Their match also got the good casters yesterday. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> I was so relieved. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking as I was watching, one of the things I'd like to see, sort of. I mean, we talked a lot about sort of how the league can grow and you know multiple stadiums and things. And I would really like one of the traditional sports things to come over and have. Uh, sort of casters for both teams like Mm. home team casters because i find a lot of the time uh i mean both the jumping from character to character on different teams and like sort of narrating the plays from both sides i find it gets a little bit confusing like I, I would find if, say, there were Shanghai casters and they would be focused on Shanghai and, oh, Shanghai did this and what they should be doing is this and, oh, they did a great defense here. Like, I find just, like, going from player to player and team to team in terms of the commentary and what you're seeing is, like, a little 
maybe I'm just mm. slow, but <laughs> I mean, no, I think that's a good point. Like the game is so fast that mm-hmm. it would help like when one person is talking, you're like, "Oh, they're talking about Shanghai." Yeah. Whereas, like so like take Monty and Doa, you have like Monty talking about San Francisco and then Doa talking about Shanghai. And every time mm-hmm. either one of them talks, it's when they're talking about somebody on that team. Kind mm-hmm. of like that. Like that or yeah. even uh, like, for example, at baseball, if there's a Toronto is playing Boston, there's Toronto commentary. Oh, and then I see. On a, and then on the Boston channel, they have their, a completely different oh. commentary. Mm. I wonder I wonder if that's maybe something we'll get when they have their own mm-hmm. stadiums. Yeah. Like places to play, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. That seems like it'd be a big investment to make, but. I think so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it would also be kind of cool. Like, yeah, just to get like more in-depth analysis on maybe a team that you really like. And mm-hmm. they spend more time talking about stuff that happens like as the game is happening. So like if you you like, uh, like maybe like Shanghai's defense or whatever. Like, for example, on Nubani, <laughs> when they lost, they kind of lost because they didn't have their support ultimates and mm-hmm. like five king in the back while he did get a really cool kill on an ulting genji he used his <laughs> valk to get away from it and yeah. wasted the valk essentially so you could have spent more time talking about that instead of going well five king just killed ulting genji and you made it back to the point <laughs> but then you can be like see but then what happened was they didn't yeah. have that alt later and then like revisit revisit that uh, like on the shanghai stream and then on yeah the chicago or- Chicago on the Francisco <laughs> team, you would be talking about something else entirely, like just going on about like you know how they took advantage of the fact that they didn't have two support alts or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, <clears throat> some ideas. Like hire it. us, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, hire us, Blizzard. Yeah, I think that would be cool. And also, like, just for my own selfish way of wanting to watch this, like mm. I. I like the idea of like having a team and watching those two games a week and not <laughs> feeling like all I miss them? out if I don't watch all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly that's part of like I feel like we're starting to see like viewer burnout um mm. because they <clears throat> they're offering like this weekend actually today which you know this podcast will be out by Monday but whatever. So today, the 14th, they're having, like, double tokens day on Twitch. So if you watch today mm. on the Twitch channel, you get double tokens. And then I think you have, like, a chance to get, like, if you win the 100, you like, there's a chance you get, like, 200 because oh, of the okay. double bit. And then, like, they're offering, um, like, extra tickets and stuff, it sounds like, and, like, trying to get people to actually come to the arena, especially on weekdays um i just like i feel like there needs to be a revisit to the schedule i think we've said this before but like i'm feeling it more strongly now that we're (laughs) like halfway through or like yeah halfway through the season essentially Mm -hmm. like you know feeling the burnout of watching every single game and like not doing anything else that maybe you want to (laughs) do Yeah. Um, and like, especially the later games. Like, I 
in the first and second stage, I think I was staying up to watch the later games, but now that they've changed the timing, it starts at like 11 o'clock EST. So like mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Soul game yesterday, even though they're like quote unquote like my team. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch their game. They lost, I guess. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's exhausting. Like it's just yeah. Mm, there's too much and even yesterday i felt like the schedule was late like i don't Mm. think the shanghai game started until after nine yeah i think you're right uh Uh, but the first so the first game like because i la won like two to one so but the first match what the first match was a um like a draw oh that's right the first that's why Mm. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, ugh. it's so long, especially when they yeah. go like, you know, you can tell that the teams are getting better and like gelling mm-hmm. better because the games are getting longer and like the matches are getting longer and it's like awesome. But at the same time, it's like, I need to sleep. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't want to miss anything either, which is yeah. hard. I almost feel like they should just do three maps instead of four and then instead maybe of a four fifth. and then yeah mm. because even with four like I don't understand why you would start with four as your number because you can go to two on that like <laughs> yeah well and then you get like the tiebreaker map so would you have like two and then have like if one person wins one map and the next person the other team wins the second map then you would have the tiebreaker that almost doesn't seem like enough Hmm. i don't know that sounds like hard to balance (laughs) (laughs) um but oh and then another team i think i want like briefly 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 (laughs) um that i think is doing really well right now is boston uh, which I think, yeah, they, they beat New York, New York. yeah. <laughs> like I think a lot of people weren't expecting them to be, you know, to bounce back from the garbage that they got rid of, um, like as well as they did. Like I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people were expecting mistakes to play. So mistakes is the player that has come in in place of, um, Dream Casper, who got released from Boston, uh because he's gross yeah um (laughs) so mistakes has come in um and he like he like he scared so like of all the players to scare into using their ultimate he scared jonak into using (laughs) a um transcendence on uh one of the oasis maps he like just appeared he didn't even like go to hack him or anything he just like came out of invisibility and jonak immediately tranced and went on to the point and it was like wow (laughs) like jonak is usually one that has like the has like super good timing uses his ultimate like you know just before the emp comes out so maybe that's what he was expecting but it just was so funny because he just like it just appeared in front of Jonak, and Jonak was like, nope, trance, and just, like, <laughs> took off. And I was like, oh, my gosh. 
Uh, that was a really good, uh, good match too. So maybe watch that one if you're, uh, if you're looking for another match to watch because it was really, really good. And Boston just seems like they're getting better and better, which is really good to see. So yeah, good Overwatch this week. Awesome. Is there a Canadian on the team? Uh, note or is that? Yeah, yeah, no. And then oh, okay. Moth on Fusion is also Canadian, I think. Or he played for Toronto Esports. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a couple. Banny on Outlaws is also Canadian. Uh, there's a few oh. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not many, but they're there. All right, so we can move on to our listener questions. We have a couple that we've collected over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, do you want to start out? Sure. Uh, the first question is from Jonathan Salini, and he asks, what feature do you wish the next generation of consoles had and why? Um, well, first of all, I would like for there to not be a next generation anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah. Uh, like, if they have to do updates, I'd rather it be like what they're doing with the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, where, I mean, technically it's a new console, but it still plays all the same mm. games mm -hmm. and everything. Um, I don't know what other feature I'd want. I mean, I'd want a, a way to play completely offline mm -hmm. sometimes that's difficult with digital games and things i'd like yeah. to uh for it to be a little bit easier to either share your library um like if you've got you know one playstation or xbox and two people using it like a little bit less of a hassle to play the games that are technically owned by the other person's account and things mm. like that and also e make it so that like i've got two xboxes uh make it so i can have both of those be my home xbox because they both are <laughs> <laughs> rather than have to pick one mm. um i mean just stuff like that to make it a little bit easier to use i guess yeah that makes sense. I like, we recently got a Switch. And I like, mm -hmm. I think it's cool. I haven't done it yet. That you can like pick it up and take it away. <laughs> and like <laughs> play it somewhere else. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, like, so more of that would be neat. But like, I don't actually use it. So I don't super care mm -hmm. about it at the same time. I just think it's really cool. Um, yeah. yeah, one thing I like about the Switch, which I also haven't actually done yet, is that you can get two docking stations, so you don't have to buy the whole system twice, but if you want to, you know, be able to play it on the TV in one room and also another room, you just, like, bring the little handheld thing and you dock it so you don't have to, like, move the entire console or have two of them in order to be able to play oh, full screen on two rooms. That's cool. Mm hmm. Huh. Yeah, because we we were doing that with our PlayStations for, for a long time. It's like that they would be hooked up to like the computer monitor because we both have dual monitors. So you can hook up like the PlayStation to your computer monitor. And then if you wanted to play it on the TV, you'd have to move the entire PlayStation mm -hmm. over. 
Or, like you were saying earlier with linking the Xboxes, that would have been mm-hmm. really cool because then you can just be like, now nah, I'm going to go play on the one that's hooked up to the TV, mm-hmm. which is usually not mine. So I would have to bring my whole PlayStation and hook it up to the TV, unplug Brian's, and then put in mine. So, yeah, that'd be cool yeah. if you could link them both. Especially with games that are coming out that are like, you need two systems to play with two people. Like, yeah. Destiny, <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next question is from Workshop, and it is, have you played Brigitte much, and what do you think of her? Mm, not a lot, because everybody, like, People are still kind of insta-locking her in quick play. Mm. Um, So I've played her a little bit on Mystery Heroes and then, uh, yeah, no, just Mystery Heroes, like whenever I get her. Um, I think she's cool. I just have not figured out how to play her yet. Mm. Uh, Like I watch other people. We had like a Brigitte on in like a mystery heroes that like one v six star team it was awful oh <laughs> she was incredible but it was wow. awful yeah she like was like stunning with her shield and then like knocking us back with her flail and i was like jesus christ this sucks <laughs> um and like of course with mystery heroes you don't like get necessarily the counters that you need so we were just getting people that weren't of any use against her so it was just hmm. uh it was bad i like, I think she can be really effective. Uh, I just, like, need to learn how to play her to actually use her the right way, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think I've only played her in the training ground. Mm. Uh, just took out some bots with her. Uh, I like her design because, like, I really mm-hmm. like playing Reinhardt, so she's a little bit like Reinhardt. Uh, so... She seems to have a cool ability kit. Yeah. Uh, but since she's not in competitive yet, and yep. I'm that asshole who will play her <laughs> once in quick play and be like, I'm good. Let's queue competitive. Uh, I haven't really played her that much. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm that asshole. Uh. So, yeah. I'll have more to say about her once. Uh, I guess, is it? Does she not come until the next season? Uh, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Uh, or till May, I think they said sometime in there. Oh, okay. And then they, yeah, they didn't put like they didn't allow her in the professional Overwatch stuff. So like, you can't even like watch people play and get an idea yeah. of how to play her because like, so yeah. So I guess there's another problem because they've delayed adding her to competitive. You can't watch streamers play her in comp. Um, which, like, that's how I get, like, a lot of tips for heroes sometimes, is I'll watch people who play, like, D.Va or Zarya, and I'll watch them. Um, same with, like, the competitive stuff. Not competitive, but, like, the professional stuff, is you watch them, and you're like, ooh, that's cool, I should maybe try that next time. But you can't do that with this particular character yet, so I think we haven't really seen a lot of the potential from her, uh, Mm -hmm. which... Seems to be, like, we want her to counter dive, basically. Which, you know, dive could use a little bit of a counter because that's all people play right now. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, yesterday, <laughs> I was listening to the commentators like, oh, they're going to go with a dive comp. It's like, of course they're going to go with a dive it's, comp. Yes. When the, does anyone go with anything other than a dive it's comp? It's the most efficient <laughs> comp, and that's what pro players want is efficiency in killing people. So Yeah. <laughs> so do you think she'll be in competitive? I mean, not competitive, in okay. league next stage? Because usually any like it goes to competitive or i guess the game in general before it goes hmm. to the league because um. i'm just thinking like if she hasn't had a chance to really be used in league mm. and the people on the forums haven't had a chance to have their say about how overpowered she is yeah like mm, maybe not because we've got three two more weeks left of this stage uh uh, yeah, I would say we probably won't see her until stage five, <laughs> which is very late in the season. That's the last stage, so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting seeing the difference between, uh, like, adding or not adding Brigitte to how quickly they pushed that Sombra buff through the PTR. Like, they... Mm. skipped the pzr essentially and like oh. added her at like added those changes into the game and then got it in in time to be in for the overwatch league so huh. like the somber buff like basically came through i think and i feel like the priority was to have it go through to the overwatch league like immediately which is really interesting <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't do that for Brigitte, their brand new character who's like actually so cool but mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting seeing the like the dynamic that pro overwatch has added to the like release schedule basically yeah <laughs> you can see kind of where their priorities are a little bit <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like in wow where you yep. felt like sometimes changes were happening for the high level <laughs> raiders or the high level pvpers like yeah yeah I, I had this discussion with with someone yesterday about how like because i've been playing wow the like the nerfs and stuff or the buffs to certain characters like doesn't really surprise me at all and i'm like it's from like playing world of warcraft and having like tanks nerfed and buffed and having like mm -hmm. healers nerfed and buffed and like just the constant cycle of like changing things is very like it feels like something that i'm already used to whereas people who are coming in and playing overwatch without having played any blizzard games are kind of like what the fuck <laughs> but it's like that's kind of just how blizzard is mm -hmm. so yeah it's been <laughs> really interesting <laughs> okay let's stop talking about overwatch all right. <laughs> Get on to the next question. <laughs> uh, the next question is from Vasca, and he asks, what is your favorite system and why is it that? And actually, what is your current favorite? And since you, I assume this is mostly for Pam, since you play Vintage, what, which was the best in your opinion? The best well, system, I guess. Um, my current favorite system is the Xbox One. That's sort of what I play the most. Mm. Uh, that's where most of my games are. I know it doesn't have as many of the exclusives as something like the PS4 mm. 
but I love the controller. I like the interface and the achievement system, and it's just sort of what I've been using the most. In terms of what the best system is, that's hard. I generally go back and forth between the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite systems. It has like so many good games on it, uh, and the PS1. Or the PS2. <laughs> Both of those are really good. Um, I mean, the PS1 and PS2 had so many good JRPGs, yeah. which which I don't really like playing anymore, but I did really love playing them. Uh, just sort of all kinds of different genres and games. And the libraries were just gigantic, especially for the PS2. So, uh, yeah, those are my favorite systems, I think. Uh, I generally don't go back to the, like, I, I love the NES, for example, but it's, you know, a little bit simple now going back to it. Mm. So I definitely would say either the PS1 or PS2 or 360. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I've only really had, a like, the most experience with the PlayStation series of consoles. Um... Like, I had an Xbox, uh, like, a long time ago, and I haven't had one since then. Um, but I think, like, the most play that I got out of a system was probably the PS1. Um, but that's, like, because that's the console that we had, like, at mm-hmm. home at the time. So it was, like, Final Fantasy VII, Tomb Raider, like those games um and that like a lot of that is just like nostalgia (laughs) for me um and like playstation is kind of the console that we always had in my house so like i'm kind of biased towards it anyway Mm. um but like the xbox controllers are really nice (laughs) like i like to hold them and i had like one that i used like to play games on my computer i don't have it anymore but it was like this cute like pink xbox controller (laughs) um so like the control the xbox controllers i think are better (laughs) than the playstation ones for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, so i kind of wish that they would like merge them (laughs) and then i could use my nice xbox controller on my playstation (laughs) yeah i agree i got a like a knockoff controller for playstation that uh does the like it moves the stick so it's in the same positioning Mm. as the xbox controller which i liked playing with although it didn't have some of the features like the rumble or Uh. the um the like touchpad in the middle but yeah i love the xbox controllers like the 360 controller is great and the xbox one controller is really good Mm -hmm. i also i've got a pink minecraft (laughs) <laughs> controller with a piggy on oh, it cute. <laughs> and then i got the sea of thieves controller which oh, is so nice. beautiful oh my oh. god i love it um have you played any more sea of thieves um i played a little bit mm-hmm. um and then i like they actually released like a content update video about oh. like stuff they're planning on adding in the next like month and a bit um mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I will probably get back into playing it because uh, they're going to add, like, new AI enemies. So, like, kind of like the Kraken, but different, it sounds mm-hmm. like. And That's then, cool. like, 
reasons to explore the map instead of just going and getting treasure. Um, huh. Like that sounds cool. New. They didn't say it in the video, but there was like data mining done, and there's like a banjo and a fiddle and shit like that. <laughs> so like, I want that. And then, um, I there's speculation on the Reddit that like, <clears throat> um, pets and stuff will be added, but as like a microtransaction. Mm. And oh, I was like, okay. that's fine let me have one <laughs> like yeah. i want that really bad but it sounds like they're pushing their microtransactions back and starting to add or look into adding like actual more content so hmm. i feel like i will get back into playing sea of thieves That's a bit so yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to like doing exploration stuff like that sounds mm-hmm. really cool and like having a reason to go like look at some of the uncharted islands and like go explore like the reefs and the caves and stuff instead of just like you know driving straight by them because they don't have treasure or whatever yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to new sea of these stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so our last question is another console one from jonathan salini Thoughts on Xbox backwards compatibility and the PS4 not having that feature as we shift to an ever digital only marketplace. So what I don't understand is if we're going digital only, like if that is the eventual plan or whatever, why why would they not have that feature? Because you could just buy like the digital version of the old one old games mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why you wouldn't have that feature yeah. going forward um i think in some cases on the playstation um just because you bought a game digitally on the ps3 doesn't necessarily mean you'll be able to play it digitally on the ps4 oh that sucks <laughs> i'm <laughs> not 100 percent on that but oh. i feel like that's a thing where they don't necessarily transfer that's really between the it two should of just them. be under like your username or whatever yeah like uh, steam or something that's yeah that's stupid <laughs> yeah so i mean i definitely like that the xbox one has backwards compatibility mm. uh you can even uh, like you, if you have the discs, you can also just put the disc in the Xbox One. Like you can put an original oh. Xbox disc or a 360 disc in. That's so, cool. yeah, yeah, I wish like you could that. do that with the PlayStation Four because I have my original Final Fantasy Seven CDs mm-hmm. <laughs> that just aren't doing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, PlayStation stopped doing that. Like you could play. PS1's games on PS2, mm-hmm. and then I think on the original, like the first version of the PS3, the you could play, one. yeah, the chubby one with the really noisy fan, Yeah, uh, that had backwards compatibility, but then the later editions of it didn't, mm. so yeah, I'm not sure why, That's if it's so a technical strange. thing, or a licensing thing, or a money thing, or a money thing, <laughs> Yeah, because I really like being able to just, like, when a new game on Xbox is announced as backwards compatible, just like, oh, I already bought that on 360, or oh, I already own that disc, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives me more reason to play. Like, even, 
you know, I have like all the consoles from 1980s onwards. <laughs> but uh, like, I, you know, I was thinking I wanted to play Knights of the Old Republic too, but I don't want to play it on the original Xbox. It, the controller's shitty and, you know, the system's just old and not as good. But now I can just put the disc in my Xbox One and play it. So I mm. think that's awesome. And I think going forward, not having backwards com- compatibility would be bad. Like, I'm pretty sure even the Switch does it. Like, if you bought something digitally on the Wii U, I don't, you, I don't think you can play it on the Switch. Yeah, so. I don't think so. Because then I would be able to play Wind Waker on the Switch, and I don't think we can do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think definitely, especially with digital games, you should be able to play anything on the system. Yeah. I think, so. like, if you want to keep people interested in your product you're going to have to be able to have that feature like Mm -hmm. if you find out that one is not offering that but one is then i think more people will choose the one that is offering that yeah i mean i think part of the problem for sony is that they would have lost a lot of money because the ps3 didn't do that well Mm -hmm. so you've got games like the last of us or uncharted 2 which were like really popular games and they were able to just take them and remaster them and re-release them on ps4 mm. because people who didn't have a ps3 would never have played those games so right they wouldn't have made as much money if they were just able to pop that ps3 disc in <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is true <clears throat> All right, so I think that's all our questions for this episode. Uh, Thanks, everyone, who asked. Uh, Riley, where can people find you online? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Kaleri with an underscore. It's K-A-L-E-R-I with an underscore. And you can find me at Josila underscore or on YouTube where my channel is Cannot Be Tamed. If you have any feedback or questions for us, you can reach out at mediamavenscast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore mediamavens. Also, if you have any topics you'd like to hear us talk about or people you want to hear us talk to, uh, let us know those things too. Uh, There's a forum for discussion of any of our episodes at cartridgeclub.org. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.